Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Can we just put our hands together for Jay, who's coming to preach a word today? Morning. Even when I can't feel him, he's working. It's true. But I feel like for 2020, that is not going to be our story. Our story is going to be come to Bayside because you will feel him. And he is working. There will be continual evidence of his goodness and of his love and of his miracle-working ways and of a joy that fills this house like has never filled it before. That is 2020. That is the inheritance we have. I am proclaiming it. I am prophesying it. I am grabbing a hold of it. That is who he is and that is who he has called us to be. We can feel it, we can feel it, he's working. We can feel it, we can feel it, he's working. He never stops, he never stops working. He never stops, he never stops working. We can feel it, we can feel it, he's working. We can feel it, we can feel it, he's working. Never stops, he never stops working. He never stops, he never stops working. That's the goodness of our God. You know, today is December the 1st, and I cannot believe that we are here already. Can time just rewind? Can we just go back? Can I just have 2019 back again, please? <laughs> like, it feels like the years are just whipping away. But, you know, 2020 is a year that I'm excited for. I feel like 2020 is a year of inheritance. And I'm going to take it with both hands and run with it. And I hope you are too. You know, this morning I want to do a bit of preparation before we step into that year. And this is something that I love to do. I love to prepare people to live the best version of lives that they possibly can have. When it comes to health and fitness, I want you to have the best possible life that you can have. When it comes to the scriptures and increasing your knowledge of the goodness of the love of God, I want you to have the best life that you can have. When it comes to hearing the voice of God, I want you to be able to hear him clearly and have the best life you can have. I want to see all of us grow into the full person that God has created us to be because you guys are beautifully and wonderfully made and it is worth you living your best life. And so I want to prepare us this morning. You've got 31 days before you step into 2020 to do the best you can to prepare yourself for the new season that he has for you. And new seasons are good. We talk about new seasons occasionally, often. I don't know, both. (laughs) Four times a year, in the church, maybe every week. (laughs) I just have to have a sip of this. I'll try not to lose my voice this morning. There are some cool faces out there today. Hi, guys. A few that I haven't seen for a while, and I'm excited to see you. I, um, I want to talk this morning from a story that I think we all know really well. 
And it's a story that I thought I knew really well until recently. It's the story of the Passover. And I think the Passover is perhaps the greatest um, story about a meal that has ever been told in the history of time. Would you agree? There's even a famous painting about it. Da Vinci got out his paints and created a beautiful piece of artwork to illustrate this meal that is famous. Now, I don't know about you, I've had some good meals. I, I don't know what you think, but most people who come to my house think I cook them a good meal. Not bragging, just saying, my best life. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> okay, Noki was thrown out there. My Noki experience, not my best. In fact, unedible, but never, ever let me cook you Noki. But no meal that I've ever gone to, no meal that I've ever cooked has ever been talked about by people that I know of outside the ones that were gathered there. This meal has been talked about for thousands of years by people who weren't there. That's a pretty impressive meal. Sure is. And I want us to open the scriptures this morning and start by reading about this meal. Can we do that? Who's got their Bibles? Who's got their Bibles on their phones? And if not, there is a Bible on the screen. Luke 22, verse 1. We read this. Now the feast of unleavened bread called the Passover was approaching, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus, for they were afraid of the people. Starts off well. Uh, Satan's already in it. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve, and Judas went to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and discussed with them how he might betray Jesus. Charming, hey? They were delighted and agreed to give him money. He consented and watched for an opportunity to hand Jesus over to them when no crowd was present. We're going to skip a few verses and go to... Um, that one, verse 17. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus was talking about himself. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This is, cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed. But woe to the man who betrays him. They began to question among themselves which of them it might be who would do this. And that's where I said to stop, is it? Awesome. So here we are, we have this meal. And I don't know about you, but I've heard about this meal many times because of something we do called communion. I've heard about this story because different ones have used it in the message of talking about um, Peter. Because at this meal, uh, Jesus says Peter will betray him. How many times? Three. 
We know the story. I've heard this story because at this story, when you read it in the version of John, Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Again, another great sermon, another great message, another thing that just rocks my heart every time I hear it. And we read this story when we think about the man of Judas and the betrayal that he did to Jesus. But there's a part of this story that I have never seen. Uh, Well, not in my memory, (laughs) anyway. Um, And that's the few verses that I missed out. And a couple of months ago, I was sitting in a sermon and uh, the pastor who was preaching pointed these verses out. Can we go to verse 7? Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it, they asked. And he replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room? Where I may eat the Passover with my disciples. He will show you a large upper room, all furnished, make preparations there. No problem. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them, so they prepared the Passover. Now, can somebody tell me why Jesus just didn't give them the address to go to? Can someone tell me why, why Jesus didn't, didn't say, go to, I'll make up a name, Freddie's house, and knock on the door and he'll have the room ready? Why the chasing around town? Why the treasure hunt? I feel like when I, when I read this story, I almost see a Where's Wally picture. Like, how do you find a man with a jug of water? Not only how do you find a man with a jug of water, I mean, I can't even imagine trying to do that in Victor, but this is Jerusalem and this is at the time of Passover. Like, how were they supposed to do that? And why? Why did he give such unclear directions? I find this really fascinating and so I've been reading it over in the, in the different Gospels and I'm just like, what is in this God? What's going on? What is going on? <laughs> you know, one of the things when I read this story, and I, I just took a pause then, just, just going, God, do I move forward or do I... Do I stop here for just a second? One of the things that really strikes me with this picture is that for some people, this is such an awesome picture. Yeah, Jesus, send me on a treasure hunt. That's like the coolest thing in the world. Like, I want clues and I want to go hunting and and I want to do that version of life. And for others of you, you're feeling fear. When you read this story, you look at the person of um, John and Peter And you're like, imagine being in their shoes. Okay, for me personally, being in their shoes, I would be cool finding the man with the water jug. I'd be good with that. But if I then had to go and speak to his master, you would find me being the person that was hiding. I'd be like, if I was Peter, I'd be like, John, go talk to the master. (laughs) 
Chad knows this is true. We're in Sydney this week, and um, uh, we've been for an hours-long walk, and I'm busting for the toilet, and so we go to get coffee, and Chad's like, just ask the person here where the toilet is, and I'm like, no. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, I will. And so he asks, and it's in, and this is why I didn't want to ask. Okay. We, we've just walked past a hotel where they are setting up for the Arias. So there is security and people hustling and bustling all around. And I know if I have to go into that building to find the toilet, I'm going to have to communicate with these people and I just want to go to the toilet. Anyway, Chad led the way and then came back and went, go, dung, 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 and you'll be there. And I'm like, easy, done, gone. That's me. That's how sometimes anxiety grips me, and it is ridiculous. You know, when I'm talking about it right now in this moment, it is ridiculous. But I just got a sense right then, and and the reason that I was quiet for just a minute is I actually feel like God wants to break anxiety off of us right now. And so I'm putting my hand up and I'm saying, God, whatever you're going to use and say this morning, let it as well have attached to it a breaking of the chains of anxiety and depression. Both of them can go. Anything that stops us from walking in the complete will and joy that the Father has set before us, I pray right now that that be broken right now. I pray that none of us have a fear to walk in the steps that God has placed us to walk in and that we will do it with great courage and great strength and great joy. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to get back on track. So we have this story, and it's like a little bit of a treasure hunt. And actually, if I was to read it to you in... um, No, I won't do that yet. I'm going to go here. So I've got four points with this story this morning. The first point is a negative one, okay? So I'm going to like... Get it out of the way really quickly, and then we're going to focus on three super cool points. I just said super cool. You know what? I live with a lot of children in my house. (laughs) I say things like this. The first point is this. When it comes to this story, because what I feel with this story is that God is wanting to reveal to us an inheritance that he has for us. The story of the Last Supper is an event that happened, a very small event that happened, but it has changed the history of mankind. The small role that Peter and John played in setting up what they needed to set up in order for that meal to take place is way more significant than they ever realised. The role that Judas played is far more significant than he ever realised. And I want to set us up for 2020 understanding that the small roles we play have a great role in the inheritance, not only for us, but for generations to come. I want us to be a church that builds a foundation that our children get to leap off of into their futures. I want to see a church where our children never have to have the struggles that we went through. They'll have the struggles that they have to get through, but I want them to be flying higher and wider than we ever did because of the plans and purposes that we succeeded in, that God had for our lives so that they can run in all that they have for their lives. Are we cool with that? Setting it up, 2020, year of inheritance. That supper, that last supper was an inheritance. It was a generational blessing that those men would not have known at that moment. So we have Judas. And Judas decides 
but he is going to sell himself short for a few dollars. In a moment of not understanding the full picture of what he was involved in, he made what he thought was a small decision, but it was a life-changing decision. And Judas sold himself short. Judas walked with Jesus, just like all the other disciples did. Judas saw his love. Jesus, Judas saw the miracles that he performed. Judas knew who Jesus was. He was one of his closest friends. Yet because he was offered money, he took that. Money sometimes takes us away from the plans that God has for our life. Money can sometimes seduce us away because we think this quick amount of cash will change the course of our history, will change the course of our life. But what we fail to understand is sometimes holding back from that can create a better inheritance for those behind us. It is the same with fame. I, I imagine that there was a lot of persecution coming towards the disciples. In fact, we know that there was a lot of persecution. We know that this is why Peter denied Jesus three times, because it was hard to be Jesus' friend. There were people who were against Jesus. That's why he ended up at the cross. And Judas was feeling the pressure and sold short. And I want to bring up the person of Judas because I think at any moment in any one of our lives, we have the opportunity to make a decision for our lives which is more about the financial gains of the moment and the friendships that we want to hold on to in the moment and less about the full inheritance that God has for us. That's the negative. There's good news, but I'm not going to bring it to point four. <laughs> My second point this morning is this. And I want to read from Mark 14, verse 12. Same story. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat? The Passover. Peter and John initiated a conversation with Jesus. You know, the Passover, a bit like our Christmas, would have been something that was talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks before it ever happened. So I don't know about you, but I've been asked already, what am I doing for Christmas? Who am I spending Christmas with? You guys been asked that as well? It's a conversation that your friends ask you. It's a conversation that people that don't even know you ask you. It's just, you know, Christmas is just an important event. Well, I imagine Passover was quite similar. Yes. Passover was a massive event uh, in this period of time. And so many, many, many people would have travelled into Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. Yes. Many, many would have made plans years in advance, potentially, Many, many would have had rooms done up and they would have had the food cooking. I don't even know exactly what the food is. So, But here's the disciples. And they've probably talked about the Passover, but I imagine that they're holding back a little bit because they're too scared to ask Jesus what needs to happen next because you know what happens when you ask? You quite often, often get a job. Peter and John knew that by asking Jesus what needs to take place, he'd probably tell them. And then they'd have to put a few little feet to the task that he had given. 
Do you know one of the greatest parts of this story, though, is that Peter and John initiated a conversation. Because the best bit about that is they not only got to initiate the conversation, they then got to participate. And they were the ones who went on the journey and found the man with the water jug. And they were the ones who got to follow the man with the water jug to his master's house and talk to the master and say, where is this room? And then, surprise, they were the ones that got to see the room first and see how it was set up. And then they got to kind of make the meal and get the preparations all ready. They got to play a really fun role. Well, I think it would have been fun. And I think today they get to look down from heaven and go, she's talking about us again. Yeah, we did good. There's something encouraging about walking out and fulfilling the will of God. Point number two is, you know, when it comes to 2020 and beyond, that sounds funny, 2020 and beyond, try and say it, 2020 and beyond. I feel like we should be wearing spacesuits and like Jetsons. (laughs) Don't you feel like we should be doing that by 2020? Surely that was... Am I the only 80s baby? (laughs) Initiation with God is a good thing. It's a good thing for us to not ask God, what do you want to do with my life? But to say, God, I see what's going on around me. These guys, there was a Passover meal taking place. I see what's happening in the community around me. God, how do you want me involved? How do you want to use my life? How do you want to use this part of me? to join in and to participate in what's taking place. And then the next cool thing happens. Point number three is that you get to participate. Do you know, participating with God can be quite tricky because sometimes he doesn't give you the finish line. And who likes the finish line? I like the finish line. I sometimes read the last page of the book. You know, sometimes when we initiate with God, and initiating with God is just about giving him space to speak. It's about giving him time. And I do that personally by going down the beach and just giving him an hour, switching off the podcast, switching off the music, just walk by the water and just God speak to me. I initiate with God by um, spending time in the scriptures. Uh, And sometimes by reading through wherever I'm up to, And then just stopping and hearing and listening and asking questions. Sometimes I initiate with God by telling him, I'm going on a shopping trip to Marion and I want you to speak into next year. So show me what clothes I should be wearing. And we have like this kind of fun trying on different things. And and out of that, I walk out and I'm like, I've got a pretty clear picture for the kind of life that God's wanting me to lead in the next few years. I know that sounds weird, but, you know, for me, it can be, I could be on a stage preaching. I could be out in the um, grass doing fitness lessons. There's lots of different things that I can do that look different in the clothes that I wear. And so God can quite clearly speak in that way. I know that spoke to some of you, others of you are going, she's crazy. But God speaks to you in the language that you understand. But part of that language that you understand is about you actually initiating and then learning God's language in return. So for instance, if you see a lot of numbers, if you're a real maths person, then God may well use that, but you still need to study the scriptures 
and study information about numbers so that you understand the interpretation. Initiate by spending time with God. Three is walk it out. When God says, here's the first clue, walk it out. Take the steps forward in faith to see where he's taking you on the journey. And then let him give you the next clue and then be faithful in that. And the next clue and be faithful in that. You know, one of the things that I think we really struggle with at the moment in this time and space, and I'm not going to say it's a generational thing, I'm going to say it's an internet thing. I'm going to blame the internet. We struggle with having the patience to be persistent. And the thing about God is he often does a lot in the patience and in our persistence before he can ever reveal the final product. He needs time to allow us to grow. He needs time for us to be faithful in the small before he can push us further into the larger. He wants to release us into more. He wants to release us into greater things. But he needs you to be faithful in the little before he can give you a lot. Listen, he needs you to be faithful in the little before he can give you a lot. We give up in the faithfulness of the little. And the faithfulness of the little is important. Peter and John did something really small. They went and found a man. They went and knocked on the door. They went up to a room and they prepared a meal. In the light of things, that's small. But in the light of this story, it's really important. God is wanting, I think, in the year of 2020 to reveal his voice to you. And part of that is searching it out. If you don't know how to do that, I'm happy. Message me and I will send you down different directions according to who you are. Because there are different ways for each of us to hear the voice of God. But primarily, I'll always send you back firstly to the scriptures. I'll always say, get together with other Christians and talk to the saints. What's the third one, Chad? Come on, you can do it. (laughs) The Spirit. We must always listen to the Spirit. He resides within us. And you know, some of us know that we've been making some decisions a bit like Judas. Okay, you're not going to betray Jesus, but you know you've been making decisions that are not setting you up for the path that God has created for you to be on, and you can feel it in your spirit. Well, today's the day where you just change your ways. Come on. Don't wait until tomorrow. Or if you you need to do it tomorrow... Do it tomorrow, but listen to the Spirit of God. Listen to the saints that God has put around you. They can't all be wrong. You know, sometimes the things that I've wanted to do in my life, I haven't gone ahead with because precious saints around me have said, you need to just stop right now. And I'm so glad that I stopped and listened. You know, God I think in all cases has allowed me to do those things, but it was just a little further down the track, just with a little more maturity. And I'm so grateful for that. A few weeks ago, um, Arthur Menges was here, and I think I didn't say his name right. I'm sorry, Arthur, (laughs) if you're listening to me. (laughs) But he talked about um, recalibrating. Do we remember that? You got your GPS. You got your what do you what do you use? I don't use it. I use the old 
mats, tom-tom, whatever you use. You're driving towards your destination, you get detoured for some reason, and what does it say to you? Recalibrate. Come back on track. Come back here. You know, the cool thing about our walk with Jesus is that at any moment of it, we can be the one who, like Judas, is making decisions that are just all about the friendships and they're just all about, you know, wanting to be popular and it's just all about the making money in the moment. It's just all about the I want what I want and I want it now. But at any moment, we can choose to set our eyes back on Jesus and go recalibrate. All right, God, I've got to make some changes. They're hard. They're going to hurt me a little bit. <laughs> I hate it when it hurts. <laughs> but they're good. It's good to be back on track. It's good to hear the voice of God. And he always leads us in the right direction. When it comes to this story, one of the things I saw, and I know different people see different things when it comes to this story, but I saw two men follow the instructions of Jesus and they followed a man carrying a water jug. They followed a servant. The servant led them to a master. The master invited them into the house to the upper room where a banquet was provided. Do you know, if you don't remember anything today, remember this, that we are called to follow the servant King Jesus who leads us to the master's house. At the master's house, there is an upper room and heaven has been prepared so that we can join in at the banqueting table. A table that we don't deserve to be at, except for the person of Jesus and the power of what he did at the cross. There is always a banquet there, and our job is to walk others into that banquet so that they too can be seated around it. 2020 is a year of joy, great joy. I know the media is not saying that, but you know what? We have a God within us who is far greater than the media. We have a God within us who says that we're going to go from glory to glory. And you know how we go from glory to glory? By pushing into the faithfulness of God and seeking out his will and his ways and walking into that. We have an inheritance that is beautiful. We have an inheritance that is rich. And we have the mouths to speak over not only just our region, but our nation. To see God's glory come to pass. 2020 is a year of inheritance and it's a year of joy and some of it is going to begin in this place. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on. I want anyone who has been feeling fear about the next few years to just allow the Spirit of God to start stirring up within you and encouraging you to see how good and how faithful and how loving God is and how much he wants to set us up with a good good world here on earth. He says, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let the banqueting table come down here to earth that we may experience it, not just for ourselves, but for others as well. In Acts 2 verse 28, I'm going to finish on this. You can come up with this too, Ali. I know I said something else, but Peter, after Jesus had died and was resurrected and had gone up to heaven and the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the upper room. 
Peter is preaching to the masses and he says this within it. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Over 2020, I command a decree. You have made known to us the paths of life and you will fill us with joy in your presence. Can anyone agree with me? Anyone else after that? Yeah. You guys can stand if you want to. You don't have to. You know, I could have finished today, and I have been quite short today, but that's okay. I could finish today with communion, and I did toss that up. But I thought rather than doing that, I want you, if today has stirred within your heart, to initiate communion on your own to do it with your friends or to do it with family members. But at some point today, stop and just remember Jesus. Drink that wine or grape juice, eat the bread and remember what Jesus has done for you. And then take a moment to begin to ask him where he wants you to initiate and step into the plans and processes that he has for your life. Because God is a good God. And I really want to hear about some of your treasure hunts. I really want to hear about some of the adventures that God begins to take you on. Because I feel like next year is going to be a year where excitement increases, where we increase as we just expect more of God and as he is just able to pour out more. Our God is a good God. Would you agree? I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.